Welcome to the So Powerful Podcast. This is your host, Jan Cancilla. You know the sound of my sewing machine means it's time for another episode. So let's get started. Hello, Jason. How are you today? Great. How are you? Today, we are going to talk about volunteerism, and this is a subject near and dear to my heart. I serve as the Director of Global Volunteerism for So Powerful and implement the, the vision and the <laughs> model that we've set out here for So Powerful. So I'd really like to break that down and have our listeners understand what the So Powerful Volunteer Model is all about. We are an all-volunteer organization. There are no paid staff in the U.S. Is that correct? That's right. Yep. Yeah. So tell us, why do we have this model? Isn't that different than a lot of Christian ministries and NGOs? Yeah. Yeah, it, it really is. And I think the more we've grown as an organization, the more we've become comfortable with our weirdness <laughs> and this, this unique model we're working in. It's sort of not popular to be candid, but we love it. And it's definitely God's call on our life. And I think it's an expression of ministry that is sort of different than many big charities or just charities. And it is important for our donors and our volunteers to understand sort of the differences between what we do and what other charities typically do. Yeah. So we have a very low overhead. There are a little teeny bit of expenses that come out of the donations, but yeah. what can you tell us, you know, what are those numbers? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Our overhead rate, this uh, last formal reporting period um, was 2.9% of our total program. As a point of reference, how does that compare? Yeah, most charities would operate within probably on the most frugal and what you might call financially structured, sophisticated charities, maybe as low as 12%. Now, there are some charities that have a massive food commodity programs that don't receive cash and don't spend cash because they have massive food grants that they count as, in, as a donation. And those sometimes have really low, like maybe 4% overhead rates. But generally speaking, it's 12 to 18% would be very, very good. Many charities operate with 18 to 25% overhead rate. And you can go look at any charities 990 now legally, they document the results. You can look at the first page and just look at salary and administration line. I don't remember the line item on the 990, but it's on the first page. And you can look at that compared to the top total income and just do the math. And a lot of charities do shenanigans to kind of obfuscate or hide those numbers, to be blunt. And I, I have a graduate degree in international nonprofit management. It's technically an MBA, but the emphasis was international nonprofit management. And I worked in nonprofit as an, a paid employee for 20 years uh, or longer than that, actually. I was the human resources senior VP for years and was a longtime HR guy and a longtime fundraising guy. So I understand the models from normal charities that employ people. And the employment of staff in the U.S. is generally overhead if you're an international nonprofit. And generally speaking, that's the largest line item in your administrative costs. So when God really tapped us on the shoulder and said, you're supposed to help these ladies in Nombe Compound, it was Cinnamon and I just doing it out of our 
checkbook for the first six months. And then we started to think through how could we set it up as a charity. And for the first four years, we were just doing it by ourselves with an occasional donation. We didn't have any team members. We didn't have any volunteers or paid staff. It was just us. But as we started to get to the point where we wanted to grow, we really started to lean into our own personal conviction and calling to be volunteers for the organization. We consider ourselves tent makers. Wait, you've used that term a lot, and I'm going to ask you to explain it. So okay, sure. go on, but hold that thought. Yeah. So, you know, as we we just started to say to people who wanted to help us, and Leslie Unruh locally here was our first volunteer. She was a longtime Boeing uh, employee, at like 32 years or something like that. And she reached out and said, I love your program. I make purses. I would like to become a volunteer. I'm retiring from Boeing. And I said to her, we don't have volunteers here. So it was like, I, just, I didn't know what to do with that inquiry because neither were we a paid staff organization or even a volunteer organization. We were just the fundraisers and program coordinators helping with this work in Zambia. And so, you know, I said to her, why don't we meet up and chat about what you would like to do? And she became our first volunteer. And she's now the regional coordinator for the greater Seattle area. And she no, for the us. state of Washington. Oh, state, yes. Okay, sorry. Yes, yes. Um, and so she was the first and she helped us sort out, well, what are you going to do? And I realized immediately, this is God's leading. This is the, the way we're supposed to grow is through asking people to volunteer their time. Now, as it happens, I also believe that there's a huge uh, opportunity with recent retirees and the baby boom wave of retirees. And so many people, Jan, yourself included, it just has splendid vocational careers and have these backgrounds of doing amazing things and then now retired. So, I mean, you could speak to that from your own perspective, but as I was seeing it, I was thinking to myself, is this God's leading for us to, to work with people as volunteers rather than paid staff in the U S and and see if we can't build a program that does have exceedingly low overhead. And that's what we're doing. Well, and you know, you alluded to we baby boomers. Sometimes we get a bad rap for being baby boomers, but there's a lot of us. And yeah. we've asked our volunteers to take a survey and we ask about their career experience. And we have people with amazing backgrounds through education and work mm -hmm. and um, other hobbies or other places they may have volunteered. And, you know, many people are attracted to So Powerful at first because they know how to sew, they can make a purse. It's a very, it's a very fulfilling way to volunteer. But this ministry has many, many wheels turning and could use a lot of hands doing many things. Is that right? Absolutely. We need a lot of help. I mean, you know, as we started to scale, what you realize is, oh man, I mean, this is, this is getting big and real and we need a ton of volunteers to step in. We need people to use their skill sets, their vocational skill sets to come and help us grow this ministry. Yeah. Right. Well, and so we have a lot of retired teachers and mm -hmm. they obviously know about training and, you know, we could be training each other or training staff there in Zambia. But we have people with administrative skills, legal skills, uh, logistics, purchasing, marketing, web development. I mean, you know, the list just goes on and on. And we have 
few people wearing many hats, it would be fantastic. We could really scale if we had many people wearing those many hats. And we are, we do have people helping us in countries around the world as purse collectors. And I mean, we had a thousand purses from the UK this year come in and Sandy's our purse collector there. And we have purse collectors in Brazil and Australia and Canada. And so people are around the world are stepping in. The question is, you know, how do they help and participate? And purse making is an easy on-ramp, mm-hmm. but we hope it's not the end of the road. Right, right. You right. know, we, we would love to have people step into a further use of their vocational skills and, and ministry work. Yeah. Well, and you know, you can, you can do both. So uh, that's, that's fantastic. You mentioned a moment ago, tent making, and you've used the term before. Could you yeah. explain that to us, please? Sure. It comes from the phrase from the Apostle Paul in Acts. You could start reading in chapter 17 and 18 and 19 and 20. And in chapter 20, he really distinguishes the model of ministry that he set up, which is he had a marketplace vocational trade skill, tent making, literally making real tents. And he used that vocation to fund his ministry. And his ministry is defined by him in Romans 1, which is he was an apostle. So he had two things he was juggling, this tent making business, which he defines at one point saying it also funds his coworkers, his colleagues in ministry. So he had a business. I would assume he was the boss (laughs) given, given who he was, but he had built a company in today's parlance and it employed people. And then they were all a ministry team together. And he did that specifically. And he talks about it in different passages so that there was no burden financially on the young congregations that was starting to form. He did it so that he could be a model, he says, for people in leadership to serve without financial burden. You know, I started my career as a compensation analyst for World Vision. I was there for 16 years. I understand pay practices. I also am totally enamored with Mother Teresa's model of taking a vow of poverty. I'm not called to do that. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure. I've consulted. <laughs> I've consulted with Cinnamon, and we are not called to take a vow of poverty. But I love the ministry model that Mother Teresa did. You know, she was a school teacher, and she walked for 12 years past a local slum, and she prayed for it every morning and every evening. And then she just felt this conviction to go in, and she was a, a Catholic priest, and she asked the Vatican if she could serve in the slum, and they said no. They said, pray about it for a year. And if you're still interested in the idea, come back a year later. She came back a year later and she said, can, can I serve in the slum? And they said, okay. So she walked into that slum with five rupees and a bar of soap. That was what she had. And she took a vow of poverty to serve there. And the missionaries of charity, that group organization is about 4,500 people now who are working under that system. And I'm just mesmerized by that. It's something that you have to say is admirable, is beautiful, and their willingness to live amongst the poor and to serve Jesus because he is there is powerful. And so, you know, I I have all these ideas swirling in my mind, but when I saw the Apostle Paul's model and I had my own reflections, I just asked the question, how should we do this ministry? And Cinnamon and I as a separate issue, had started selling on eBay in 2007, 2008, and had built an e-commerce company. So by January 1st, 2014, 
we were financially set with our e-commerce company business uh, enough to live off of. I mean, you know, we're not rich or anything, but we make our living from e-commerce. And that allows us to have our calling and ministry in So Powerful be completely free to So Powerful financially. And that's the tent maker model we've employed. So it's two parts. There's one is the vocational money part of how you're making your living. The other is your ministry or calling. And that's it. That's what tent making is in my view. And I would say that anyone who's volunteering for us, who has a pension or is, you know, a retiree that's just, you know, got their finances sorted out because of their long work life career, they are tent makers too, whether they think they are or not, they have their, their money sorted and they have a ministry and calling. So there you go. We need to start a movement to make tent making popular again or something like that, because I do feel like it unlocks a lot of creative opportunities for us to minister without money being the object. And Paul even says this in the New Testament. He says, I never wanted to be perceived as a peddler of this new way of this new gospel. And I, you know, for me, I was a major gift fundraiser. I was in charge of this stuff at big charities, a university and, and a big nonprofit. And I don't want to be perceived as peddling poverty for my own gain. And I just, it just doesn't suit me. It doesn't feel right, you know? And so for me, this feels right. It feels right for me to show up every morning at 5 a.m. and work in e-commerce and then switch into helping with So Powerful and running it as well. And that's the passion of our heart and life. And, and uh, we believe God's calling people who are like-minded uh, to serve with us. Well, and, you know, we've heard from so many of our volunteers that that volunteering for So Powerful, they started doing it because they felt like they would be helping others, but they've been surprised by how much the volunteerism has meant to them and yeah. has changed their life. And I'm going to mention one of our volunteers, Shirley Utz, who many yeah. people knew. Shirley fought a long, courageous battle with cancer and succumbed this week. And there are so many tributes to her because of her kindness. And mm -hmm. we've all formed friendships through this and have role models. And it's just been such a meaningful experience for me to know people and to have those kind of ideals played out every single day. And yeah. it's just been the joy of my life. I expected to be retired, maybe traveling a little bit and fooling around in my little garden. I tried to grow tomato plants this year, and I think I got one, yeah, one tomato. Yeah. But, um, it, you know, that's how I sort of envisioned it. And then I stumbled onto So Powerful, and I feel so fulfilled personally as a gift to myself. But, you know, yeah. I feel like it's so rewarding to be able to use my God-given talents and skills. And I can sew purses, but I'll be honest with you, I'm not that great of a seamstress. <laughs> and so I, I have to use the talents that, that God has given me. Um, well, and for those who haven't heard your backstory, how long were you, you know, at Coca-Cola doing project management? Uh, 25 years. Yeah. I, so, you know, God had prepared you yes. in advance for the work that you're doing. Right. And uh, to me, I'm just like, I mean, can you imagine? Okay, wait, just think for a minute. If you were four or five years or six years earlier in your career, and here I was as a charity, and I said, I really need a 
a super awesome project manager, somebody from a company that's like crazy awesome. Like, could we find a project manager of project managers and executive in it from like Coca-Cola? How much would I have to pay? And how could I get that person to even care about my tiny little ministry in Zambia? And it never would have happened. And here we are because God's leading and unlocking of this idea of tent making where we, we set the money apart, just forget about the financial related stuff and just say, what has God called us to do? How can we work together for his kingdom and his glory? And there you are with this amazing skill set now leading globally, all the volunteers around the world for us. And to me, that's just a God story. It's amazing. You know? Yeah, I felt like this was like the logical next step. So, but and you realize yeah. I could never work with you in a million years if it was a paid transactional thing. I could, we couldn't have ever afforded you. We would, you wouldn't have, you were so far outside our stratosphere. You know what I'm saying on that side of it? It's just but, so fascinating. But not to just, me. not, not just me. I mean, there's yeah. many, many people. That's and, right. you know, I've had the opportunity to interview a lot of our volunteers, and the backstories are just amazing. Mm-hmm. And, I interviewed one of our chapter leaders' daughters. Her name is Catherine Winchell is the person I interviewed. And she was doing a fundraiser and the proceeds going to So Powerful. And in the interview, I casually said, and what is your career when you're not doing volunteer work? She operates the camera on the Land Rover on Mars. I mean, (laughs) there are amazing people that are in our stratosphere. That is outrageous. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So well, anyway, I want to mention a few verses and Bible passages that yes, we can yes. give people to to look at as well if they're right. interested in yeah. thinking through these ideas. I, yeah, I mentioned Acts uh, seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen, twenty uh, related to the marketplace ministries of Paul and the tent making. Also, I'll just point out as a sort of side commentary, my personal life's mission is defined by Acts 17, 6. That's a whole different story that'll take more time to tell, but remind me of that in a future episode and I'll talk about that. But but there are other chapters and passages in the New Testament that are really exciting to think about. Romans chapter 12, present your body as a living sacrifice. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is talking about the different types of gifts that Christ gives to the body. Romans chapter one talks about Paul's personal calling and clarity on that and on and on, Ephesians 4. So these passages talk about people being called to serve in the body. And I'm just passionate about seeing that play out in in So Powerful in in our ministry and program. Yeah. Well, Jason, thank you so much for talking about volunteerism with me as a subject near and dear to my heart and, and to yours too, I know. So thank you so much and have a fantastic day. Thanks, Jen. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. Bye. If what you've heard today inspires you to want to make a difference, I urge you to explore the So Powerful website at www.sopowerful.org. That's S-E-W-P-O-W-E-R-F-U-L dot O-R-G. The website has great information about the organization. It's where you can download the free purse patterns or even make a donation. We hope you will join us again next week when we bring you another So Powerful Story. Thanks for listening. Now, go out and have a So Powerful Day.